Thank you for listening to this audio message from Christ Fellowship Leesville. We exist to make disciples for the glory of Jesus. We pray God uses this message to help you grow in your walk with Christ. To learn more about Christ Fellowship, please visit us online at ChristFellowshipNC.org. Well, good evening and Merry Christmas to you. If you have your copy of God's Word, would you please go to Isaiah chapter 25? We're going to be in Isaiah chapter 25, verses 6 through 9 tonight. Allow me to read the words of the prophet. On this mountain, the Lord of hosts will make for all peoples a feast of rich food, a feast of well-aged wine, a rich food full of marrow, of aged wine, well-refined. And he will swallow up on this mountain the covering that is cast over all peoples, the veil that is spread over all nations. He will swallow up death forever, and the Lord God will wipe away tears from all faces, and the reproach of his people he will take away from all the earth, for the Lord has spoken. It will be said on that day, behold, this is our God. We have waited for him that he might save us. This is the Lord. We have waited for him. Let us be glad and rejoice in his salvation. This is the word of the Lord. So let's go before him in prayer tonight, asking him for his help. I want to pray according to what the psalmist wrote in Psalm 119. So please pray with me. Father, Help us delight in the way of your testimonies as much as in all riches. Help us meditate on your precepts and fix our eyes on your ways. Help us delight in your statutes and not forget your word. Father, help me to speak your truth. Help your people gathered here to listen. I pray that the Spirit of the living God would move in and through us, and above all, the Lord Jesus Christ would be elevated before us tonight. And I pray these things in the name of Jesus. We love you. Amen. So we all have Christmas traditions that we like to keep. We like to share. We like to uh, tell other people about. One of those traditions for many of us is favorite Christmas stories. Might be a favorite book. Might be a favorite movie. You you like to watch it. You like to read it. You like for others to come over and uh, watch and listen to it. I'd like to submit to you tonight one of my favorite Christmas stories, but much like our passage, it's not a traditional one. It's The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe by C.S. Lewis. In that story, 
uh, this girl Lucy finds herself transported into the land of Narnia, and everywhere she looks, she sees snow. It's covered from end to end. And she meets this character, a fawn named Mr. Tumnus, who informs her, yeah, the snow's nice to look at, but in reality, Narnia has been under the spell of the White Witch. It has been winter for a hundred years. He tells her why it is she who's got Narnia all under her thumb. It's she that makes it always winter. Always winter, but never Christmas. That's one of the most brilliant lines C.S. Lewis ever wrote. Because in those five words, always winter, but never Christmas, you can hear You can hear the pain, you can hear an ache, you can hear a longing from an anxious heart. Will Christmas ever come? Will this spell of winter ever end? And if you read through the story of the Old Testament, you're gonna hear the same tune. Better put, more accurately put, the scriptures are giving us the melody that the Chronicles of Narnia are echoing. I'll try to give you the short version, okay? In the beginning, God makes a good world, and he fills it up with his life, his love, his abundance, his generosity. And he makes humans, he forms them in his image so that they can rule this good world by loving him, by trusting in him, by giving themselves over to his wisdom. And by virtue of that, they would go into the world and they would fill this world up with even more beauty, even more life. But the humans chose to listen to a creature rather than the creator. They listened to a snake. They rebelled against God, and the world fell under the curse of sin and death. But God didn't abandon the humans. He chose one man, Abraham, and he said, Abraham, I'm, gonna, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to give you the Eden blessing." I'm going to make you fruitful and multiply where you will have a large family. And through you, I'm going to bless all the nations. And God kept that promise. Abraham's family becomes a nation, the nation of Israel. And God makes a special covenant with that people. He tells them, I'm going to dwell with you and you're going to dwell with me. And he gives them his his Torah, his teaching, his wisdom, his love, his faithfulness. And he says, you will have the blessing that was lost if you'll only listen to my voice. But just like Adam and Eve, they listened to the snake instead. They abandoned the Lord. They broke their covenant with him They committed spiritual adultery against him and gave their allegiance to false gods and false worship. And ultimately, God judged them by handing them over to the nations 
of the gods they were worshiping, the nations that they were supposed to bless. They were exiled from their home and scattered abroad. Decades later, many of them got to return home, but it really wasn't home. They were still under the bondage of foreign empires and under the bondage of their own sinful hearts. In short, it was always winter and never Christmas. Many of them would gather together to hear the words of the prophets. The ones who were before the exile calling the people to repent and return to the Lord. And the prophets spoke of a day when the Messiah would come, God's anointed one who would crush the head of that lying snake. Their winter would end. Christmas would come. And the passage before us tonight is a taste of what they were aching for and what we should be aching for this evening. So go back to the text. Verse 6, the first thing we see here is on the mountain, the mountain of the Lord, there will be a rich feast. Isaiah doubles down on it in his poetry. He doesn't say it once. He says both things twice. Twice he mentions there'll be rich food served on this mountain. Twice he says there'll be aged wine that they would be able to drink and enjoy. The food would be full of marrow. It's this image of not just something to sustain, but something that goes down deep and nourishes and strengthens the very bones. So what's the feast for, Isaiah? What are, why are we having this food? For that matter, around Christmas time, why do we have all these feasts? Why all the food and drink? What are we doing that for? Because there's something worth celebrating, something to rejoice over. So Isaiah, what are we celebrating? What are we rejoicing over? Verse 7. The Lord's going to swallow something up on that mountain. He's going to swallow up a covering, a veil. He's going to swallow up the spell of winter that's been cast over all the peoples, all the nations. What is that spell? What is that curse? Verse 8 tells us it's death. The Apostle Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 15 that the last enemy to be destroyed is death. And the Lord of hosts will one day swallow it forever. The tears, the pain, the ache that we experience in this life that's just marching us to the grave and to death, they'll be wiped away and be no more. The reproach that we feel when we think about death, it'll be gone. So what's the response of the people on that day? Look at verse 9. It's going to be a joyous song and declaration where the people will yell out, this is our God. 
We've waited so long for him to save us from this winter, this death. Let's be glad. Let's rejoice. Let's feast. Let's sing together. Why? What are we celebrating? We're celebrating the salvation of the Lord, that he has rescued us from the last enemy, which is death. story goes on. The centuries pass, and these verses and others like them are handed down from generation to generation. And every one of them would cry out, it's always winter, but never Christmas. We wait for your salvation, O Lord. How long? How much longer? And then one night, in a stable in Bethlehem, God answered that prayer with so much humility and so much resounding glory all at once. He himself entered our winter and our darkness. Jesus Christ, the long-awaited Messiah, was born. Amen? And when he arrived... The winter began to melt. A verse of joy to the world, which we did not sing, so I get to say it so we can all enjoy the entire song together, says, No more let sins and sorrows grow, nor thorns infest the ground. He comes to make his blessings flow as far as the curse is found. Jesus didn't stay in that stable or in that manger. He grew and he went out as an itinerant teacher going all, all over Israel, his blessings flowing out to them as he said, here's the kingdom of God. I'm bringing it and you're welcome. Welcome to join it. He healed people He raised them from the dead and he offered them forgiveness of their sins from the Father. Jesus was going to fulfill what we read here in Isaiah, but in order for him to swallow death, he first let death swallow him. He took the curse of our sin, our death, on his body on the cross. The last enemy did its absolute worst to him. Hallelujah. Three days later, he rose from the dead. He ascended again to the right hand of God where he is even this moment interceding for us, living for us. But before he did that, he made the same promise that Isaiah made. He would return, and he would end sin and death forever for those who trusted in the gospel of his kingdom. And here's where the story, instead of it coming this way, comes your way. What are you going to do with it? 
If you're living for yourself and in your sin and you are finding that it's only endless winter under its curse, this is the invitation from the Lord Jesus Christ, the Savior. Come. Come. Turn from your sin and trust in Jesus Christ who loves you, who was born for you, who died for you, who rose again for you to save you. And for my brothers and sisters in this room tonight, it's been 2,000 years since Christ came. And when we've been waiting that long for his return, there are many, many seasons of our life where it feels like it's always winter and never Christmas. And maybe, for some of us, we've even forgotten what exactly it was we were waiting for. Beloved, the season of Advent is meant to be a time of revival, of reminder for us that through our songs, through the scripture reading, through our prayers, through liturgies like lighting these Advent candles, we're reminded of the faithfulness of the Lord that Jesus Christ once came and he's promised he's coming again. He will come again for us. And when he does, the winter will give way to spring. The green of Eden will return. Sin and death will be swallowed up forever and we will feast on the mountain of the Lord together in the new heavens and the new earth. We're gonna celebrate and sing with joy before the Lord Jesus Christ. This is our God. We've waited so long for him. Let us rejoice in his salvation. I wanna close by reading a song by Carolyn Cobb that captures the spirit of this passage and really the spirit of everything that Isaiah was writing. And here are the words. There will be a day when the house of God, like a mountain or the hills, will be lifted up. As a river flows ever to the sea, all the nations will flow to him like a living stream. There will be a day when the Prince of Peace will break the bow and sword and make all wars cease. And our guns and bombs will be melted down into plowshares for the harvest. How we're longing for it now. There will be a day, and it's drawing near, when he'll lift the veil of death, and he'll dry our tears. And with joy we'll go to his wedding feast. And his glory will fill up the earth 
like the waters fill the seas. And we'll go to the mountain of God. We'll walk in his ways. We'll look on his face. We'll go to the mountain of God. We'll cast down our pride and walk in his light on the mountain of God. Hallelujah. Amen. Please come, Lord Jesus. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much that we who abandoned you with our first parents in that garden, who traded your glory for the glory of our own lusts and greed and selfishness and sin and desire, we deserve the curse of sin and death. Hallelujah that you sent your baby son thank you for his humility that he came not to be served but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many I pray father if there be any in this room tonight are still living in the dead cold winter of their sin by your spirit and by your living power make them alive in Jesus Christ turn them from their sin and help them to see the glory of Jesus father those of us who are your children by his blood We can get so distracted. We can get so busy. We can get so lonely. We can get so broken. And we can live in our winter and wonder when the Christmas will come. Lord Jesus, help us to take heart. Give us courage. You have overcome the world. You have been faithful to us before. You will be faithful to us again that you are coming again. And you are coming to make all things new. So help us. Help us, Jesus, to eagerly await your coming and make ready for it. Help us to be that light to the nations that will draw them to your mountain, to your feasts, where we will one day rejoice in your presence and pronounce for all eternity, this is our God. We've waited for him and now we see and we have his salvation forever. And death has been put to death. We pray these things in the name of Jesus, our beautiful Savior. Amen.